objectively pull yourself out of the business right now, would you hire yourself for that role based on the things that you're doing right now, the knowledge that you have right now, the tasks that you're completing right now? If you were to go into an interview to your higher self and say, I'd like to apply to be the owner to grow this business and your higher self says, okay, let's talk about how would you do that? What strategies would you put in place? You are listening to the Infinite Franchisee Show. I am your host, April Porter. I am a franchisee empire building strategist, creator of the Infinite Franchisee Program, attorney, and an award-winning multi-unit franchisee on a mission to fill the gap between the franchise model and the executive level strategies you need to increase profits, build a team, and scale into multiple locations. Here, we connect every franchisee to infinite possibilities. Today, what we're going to be doing is scaling secrets, and it's just going to be, I'm going to give you three secrets to scaling, and it's meant to make you think, okay? And so there's no right or wrong answers as we talk about this. Some of them aren't even answers. Some of them are just guides, and and it's going to be a great tip for you. But when you're thinking about it, it's likely that it's going to conjure up certain feelings. And that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes feelings associated with learning what we haven't known before. Sometimes we could have feelings of embarrassment or shame. There's no reason to feel that way. You cannot act on things that you don't know. You can't be expected to take advantage of opportunities that you don't know exist, right? So many times we can beat ourselves up like, oh my gosh, I should have been doing this from the very beginning, from day one. And the reality is, how could you possibly be doing something you didn't know about? So one, I just want to encourage you all to give yourselves a little bit of grace and to give yourselves a room for improvement rather than the judgment and the regret that can often come when when we find new strategies. All right. So today, scaling secret number one, scaling secret number one is to pay attention to sales more than marketing sales more than marketing. Okay. Why? Well, because if you couldn't concentrate on increasing your conversion rate, your sales conversion or sales close rate, it will have a bigger impact on your bottom line faster than throwing more money into marketing or throwing money, particularly into the wrong marketing. That has been an unfortunate situation that many business owners find yourselves in, which is throwing money into marketing, believing that you have a solution that is going to work for you either the same way it worked for someone else or because you're being sold and told this works and then you're not getting the results that you either desired or expected or the bare minimum that should be happening from that type of budget, right? So that's what happens with marketing. But when we concentrate on sales, it helps us raise that revenue without spending an additional marketing dollar. And I'm going to give you an example. Most people, most people before going through our sales training, most people that we work with come to us with a conversion rate or a close rate of somewhere between 20% and 50%. Now, what that means is that their best salesperson on the team, which generally is the owner, how many of you 
are your best salesperson. If you're in any kind of like membership model or like class model where there's recurring classes, if you're in any kind of model where you actually have a sales conversation with people, how many of you are the best salesperson? You close more sales than anybody else on your staff. So what we want to do is take a look at what is the overall team close rate and overall team close is generally between 20 and 50%. That 50% is generally your top salesperson. And so that's usually you. So you're usually closing five out of 10 appointments, maybe more, maybe you guys are averaging six, but generally it's going to be about five out of 10 if you haven't had formal sales training. And then your employees are closing like two out of 10 people that they meet with. So that's where that range comes from. Now, when you concentrate on sales mastery, and I'm going to use the word sales mastery because it's not enough to be trained on sales, just like it's not enough to train your employees on tasks. It's not enough to train people on sales because training is like one or two sessions of making sure people understand what they're supposed to do. Sales mastery really requires empathy and it requires an instinct that can be learned, but it's an instinct when you're talking to the other person about connection and what problem do they have and how can you help them see that you're the best person to solve that problem, okay? So it's not that you're the only person that can solve the problem. It's not that they don't have the problem and you're trying to convince them to buy something that solves a problem they don't have. That's not sales. That's called fraud, <laughs> right? That's manipulation and fraud. And that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is how do you help people who have the problem you solve understand that you are the very best person and you are the best, best company to solve it. Okay. That takes skills. It takes empathy and it takes that instinct to be able to listen and care about what people are telling you, truly care about them as individuals and, and about the journey that they're going through really, truly care. But how do you, how do you actually care when you really care people can feel it and they'll feel that connection with you and then you've got to turn all of that into helping people get out of their own way you got to help people get out of their own way so all of that takes many different skills many many different strategies and you have to be able to put them together and make it seamless and make it natural and make it genuine and authentic and that takes practice in fact, it takes 10,000 hours of practice to master anything, anything. So when it comes to sales, now, am I suggesting that you're not going to have success in sales until you practice 10,000 hours? No, because the great news is that along the way of practice, you are going to reach up to an 85% conversion rate. Now, if you can. If you could just, you yourself could go from selling five out of 10 people up to 8.5 out of 10 people, or think of it as 16 people out of 20, instead of 10 people out of 20, do you see the impact that could have on your revenue? Now let's think about it in terms of if we can take those employees who are selling two out of 10 people and we can develop them to be sales leaders 
who sell eight and a half people out of 10. That more than four times is your revenue. More than four times. So if your current marketing efforts are bringing in, let's say you're bringing in 50 leads per month that you're actually bringing in and having sales conversations with or that are walking through your door and trying your product or service, 50. Right now, you're selling, your team is likely selling somewhere between 10 and 25 out of 50, okay? So let's pretend that the monthly revenue from each customer is $100. So that's somewhere between $1,000 a month and $2,500 a month in new revenue on top of whatever recurring you have going, okay? This doesn't account for your retention rate or your attrition rate. So that's a whole nother conversation. But when you put these sales skills into practice, you can apply the same amount of money, the same amount of time, and the same amount of energy to bring in the exact same number of leads, 50 leads a month. You can use the exact same marketing you're using now, not spend any more time, energy, or money on it, still bring in 50 leads a month. But instead of selling between 10 and let's just say 10, because that's the reality of it. I'm being nice because I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And I know you guys are rock stars and that you're capable of doing 50%. But the reality is most people who come and work with us as a whole, their team is sitting at 20% conversion rate to a 25% conversion rate. So that would literally be, be between 10 and 12 people sold which would be $1,000 to $1,200 a month in revenue. Now, when you concentrate on these sales skills, you can get up to an eight and a half times that. So that would be 42 people out of 50. So instead of selling $1,200 a month extra, you'd be doing $4,200 a month in sales. Do you see how that is a much faster avenue to more revenue? then constantly trying to figure out the next marketing thing that's going to bring in a hundred leads. And if you bring in a hundred leads and you have sales conversations with a hundred leads and you only sell 20 of them total, but you met with, let's say you met with a hundred people, you burned 80 leads because they've already told you no. So some of them are going to come back around and tell you yes later, but not 80% of them, but let's take, let's take it a step further. Once we have these sales skills mastered, right? Once we're, once we're making these higher conversion rates at that point in time, it absolutely makes sense to spend money on more marketing to, instead of bringing in hundred leads, you bring in 200 leads. And now because you have an 85% conversion rate, instead of selling 42 people a month, you're selling 84 people a month. And you're doubling your revenue every month, every of your new revenue. So just by the numbers themselves, this shows you that there's a, there is a pathway to raising your revenue, hundred percent. And the thing that's missing is the skills. Well, two things. I mean, we're not choosing the right marketing things right now. We're not marketing by a strategy. We're not planning out three months in advance. That's the backside of it. The front side of it is also sales skills on your whole team. Ultimately, using this strategy, you can be the one who pulls out and it doesn't matter. You don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, 
I was really hoping to have tonight off, but we have five appointments set. And if I don't go up there and do those appointments, I know that I'm, I'm going to be able to sell more than if I just leave my employees to do it. So I guess I'll go up there and do my, my, those sales calls, right? That's scaling secret number one. Scaling secret number two. I'm going to ask you a question. It's going to require you to reflect on yourself. Now, we've already established that your job as the owner is to grow the business. That's your job. Your job is not to do all the other little things that keep the doors open. Your job is to grow the business. We've also talked about putting people in positions that allow that, that are their zone of genius and that allow them to concentrate on one area so that they can become, they either are a genius in that role or they can become a genius in that role and maximize the productivity, maximize the results of that role. So those two things together, the fact that the owner's job is to grow the business. The owner's job should be concentrating on growing the business. Objectively, pull yourself out of the business right now. Would you hire yourself for that role based on the things that you're doing right now, the knowledge that you have right now, the tasks that you're completing right now? If you were to go into an interview to your higher self and say, I'd like to apply to be the owner to grow this business, and your higher self says, okay, let's talk about how would you do that? What strategies would you put in place? How would you execute those strategies? How would you develop your team? How would you help them? become leaders? How would you increase revenues? How would you find the right marketing things? If that was the interview, what would your answers be? And would you hire yourself for that role? This is where you have to get really real with yourself. In that, again, if we keep doing the same things the same way we're doing them, and we expect different results, that's the definition of insanity. So this is the big, like, in the mirror moment where you have to really think about, can you in your current state take this business to the next level or do you need to change? Do you need to change? Because most of the time for us to go to a higher level, we need to change. We need to make changes. And guess what? Change is uncomfortable. Change is very uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable because sometimes we feel lost. We feel like we don't know how, we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. We don't know the answers to what is going to take us to the next level. Sometimes it's uncomfortable because we have to stretch ourselves in ways that we've been pre-programmed to avoid. If you're an introvert, you might have to be extroverted and you've been programmed your whole life to avoid that, right? If you have a fear of public speaking and that's what it takes to move your business forward, then that's going to be extremely uncomfortable to try to get out there and, and do public speaking, right? And overcome that fear. So all of these pre-programmed anxieties, fears, limiting beliefs are what is holding us back. And that is the number one factor in our success. That's why, in my opinion, and this is my, this is one of my dreams for the franchising industry. First of all, this is just fact. The number one thing you can invest in always is yourself. 
always. That's the number one place that you should be looking at investing time, energy, and money into yourself. Because when you invest time, energy, and money into yourself, that's when you level up. That's when you gain new knowledge, you gain new competence, you gain new perspectives. You also gain a new network of supporters and friends at a higher level. Those are the things that happen when you invest time, energy, and money in yourself. And notice I'm not just talking about a monetary investment, right? So many of us put ourselves last. We do not make the time to invest in our own personal and professional development. Personal development could literally mean eating lunch. How many of you sometimes work through and you just skip lunch? You just don't eat because you just keep working and you don't get hungry. Yep. Right. So if we don't invest in ourselves, what we do instead is we take that time, we take that energy, take that money, and we keep throwing it outside of ourselves, throwing it outside of ourselves. Guess what? We cannot control the results of other people. We can absolutely control our own results. We can control our own activities and we can control our own results. So the most valuable investment, the most, the most promising investment. In fact, the investment with the highest guarantee is when we invest in ourselves instead of investing in something, crossing our fingers and hoping that it gets the results we want. And you're going to hear me say this a lot. Hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. Hope is a wish. Hope is good thoughts. Hope, you could sit all day long. I'll tell you what you could do. You could sit all day long, every day on a couch, hoping to lose weight. And eventually the fire department is going to have to cut you out of that couch. That's reality, right? Hope is not a strategy. So investing in yourself is the number one investment. Now, here's where my dream for the franchising industry is. We've already covered the fact that franchisors are not really going to give you the tools to elevate yourself, right? To elevate yourself into this higher consciousness, to elevate yourself into a higher level of education in business, and to elevate yourself in strategy, elevate yourself in perspective. That's not what they're going to give you, yet that's, that's absolutely necessary to scale. But we've already covered the fact that franchisors aren't going to give it to you. In fact, we've covered the fact that it's really not the franchisor's responsibility to give that to you. It's your responsibility to bring that to the table as a franchisee. But many, many franchisees don't know how to do that. That's why they sign up for their franchise. And you get tricked into believing that the franchisor will provide it to you because they tell you they're going to give you everything to be successful. And when they say everything, the reality is you don't know what you need to be successful. So what do I need to be successful is in the realm of, I don't know what I don't know. So when someone says, don't worry, we're going to give you everything to be successful. You're like, perfect, because I don't know what I need to be successful. So if you know, and you're going to give it to me, that's going to be great. And then you get into the franchise. And what they meant was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We meant like everything regarding the model. Like we're going to teach you the model. 
and how to be successful as an operator, not how to be successful to reach your swag. We didn't even ask you what your swag was. We weren't really that concerned with what your swag is. My goal as a franchisor is to get you a model that breaks even. And that's what I'm doing, right? That's my that's my definition of success. And that's what that's what I'm going to give you. Here's my dream. I keep saying that, but I, I this is my dream for the franchising industry. My dream is that we change the conversation at the time that we're buying a franchise. Now, is this helpful to any of you? Probably not. You're already franchise owners. You're already business owners. But what I would love for the conversation to be, and this goes for business owners too, not just franchisees, is that when you're thinking about your expenses, when you're thinking about how, I shouldn't even say expenses, when you're thinking about the investments that you're going to make in your business, when you're thinking about how you're going to budget and how you're going to make enough revenue in order to in order to invest over and over again every month in your business, I want the conversation to include how are you going to invest in yourself? In particular for franchisees, I want that item seven, you know, where it goes over other fees in your franchise disclosure document and tells you what you should expect and how you should plan, especially when you're going to get financing, I want a line item in item seven to be professional development. And I want them to be realistic and honest with people about how much to budget for their own professional development. And that should be a minimum of $2,500 a month, minimum. Because as you elevate, as you grow in your business, you're going to grow in that investment. So I will tell you that I have had my, I don't, I don't preach what I don't practice. I have my own business mentors. In fact, as I continue to to level up and level up in business, I actually have different mentors with different specialties. So I have a business mentor who helps me understand the online world and how to grow in the online space and how to market and how to manage a business remotely. Because when I started this business, that was totally new to me. I knew how to do storefront management all day long, but remotely when I have different people in different time zones across the world, that was new to me, right? So I, I have a mentor for that. But then I also have had a mentor. We've invested in copywriting, right? A copywriting mentor. We've invested in the social selling side. So how do you, how do you connect with people on social media? How do you do the social media selling stuff? We've invested in higher, I've invested in higher consciousness coaches to help me continue to get over my limiting beliefs and, and the things that hold me back and, and identify those areas where I need to get uncomfortable. So nobody ever told me until I had, you know, nobody ever told me when I opened my franchise, how much money I needed to budget for that. And when I opened this business, luckily I learned from the mistakes I made by not doing that right out of the gate when I had my franchises, I learned. So the very first thing I did when I opened this business is I went and got financing because I always use the government's money to grow my businesses. Why would I tie up my own money in that, right? So I went and got myself an SBA loan and the majority, my goal for that SBA money was to invest in the coaches that would take us to success as fast as possible. And by doing that, guess what I did? In this business, we've talked a lot about my franchise businesses, but in this business, at the beginning, it was me and Lauren was part-time, part-time, January of 2021. And in four months, we were a six-figure company and I brought 
Lauren on full time. How did I do that? Well, because I know how to grow businesses. I know how to scale businesses. That's why that's what I teach. But in addition, I didn't just assume that because I know how to grow businesses, that I could do it in the online space the same way I had done it in a community at a storefront location. So I said, well, if I want to go fast, what do I do? I go find that coach who knows how to do it in the online space. And I learn from them so that I avoid, and I'll tell you, one of the most valuable things I've learned from my coach, avoiding the mistakes she made. I have watched a lot of mistakes. I've watched her make mistakes even while I've been her client. And it's cost her a lot of money and a lot of headaches and a lot of stress. And I feel bad for her. But do you know what I learned from that? Okay, well, then I'm going to skip that piece. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And instead, I'm going to skip right over that and do the thing that's working now. And I'm also, because I am a strategist, I'm able to look at it and say, I see why that didn't work. I see why she thought it would work before she learned what she didn't know that she didn't know through the experience. But because of her experience, I look at it and I'm like, I see why it didn't work. And okay, this is how we're going to do it instead. It's invaluable. It has saved me so much time, energy, and money. Okay. So my dream for the franchising industry is that we're honest about that and that we're telling people from day one before they even go get their financing how much should be in their budget for that professional development so that they, so that you can reach your swag and not just the franchisor's version of success at break even with you working all the hours in the business. Because that's okay. The franchisor is perfectly fine with that. That means that they have someone who's 100% invested in that store all the time. That's beautiful for them. It's not a great life for you. Okay, so to recap, your scaling secrets. Sales can sometimes raise your revenue faster than marketing. Investing in yourself is the most important investment you make. Thinking in time, energy, and money, all three are investable resources. And then number three, learn how to identify where you are self-sabotaging. That's one of the most important lessons you can learn. It's probably the most important thing to start exploring is how am I sabotaging myself? How am I getting in my own way? How am I the problem and not the solution? If I need people, if I need better employees, what am I doing to attract these people? What am I doing to... What am I doing that makes people not apply for the jobs? What am I doing that in the selection process of these people that is missing the mark? We can fool ourselves into thinking, ah, people don't want to work anymore. They're irresponsible. They're so immature. They call out all the time. In fact, literally just before now, I was at a franchise. I was at a franchise location here as a customer. And the owner happened to be behind the counter. I didn't know she was an owner. I simply said, is this a franchise? And she said, yeah, it is. And I said, oh, I'm the only franchise biz- franchisee business strategist in the country. I'm the only one. And she's like, oh, really? And she asked me a couple of questions. I said, oh, are you the owner? She said, yes. She said, you know what I could really use the most help with? Getting employees who don't call out. I had three call outs on Saturday. I had two yesterday. Now. I didn't get into my theories about that with her. I didn't coach her there on the spot, but 
but she's like, I cannot find people who really want to work. And it's very, very easy to put that blame out there. It's hard and uncomfortable to put the mirror in front of our face instead and say, okay, what am I doing that's attracting these people that, that don't honor their obligations? What am I doing um, to evaluate the, the applications and to ask the interview question? What questions am I asking in the interview? How is it that I'm choosing to hire people who don't honor their obligation? What am I doing and what changes do I need to make to filter those people out? Okay, so that's the most important lesson is really say, asking yourself, am I sabotaging myself? Are my actions, how are my actions contributing to the situation that makes me unhappy? And what changes can I make? And one of the reasons it's so, such an important question to ask is because at the end of the day, the only person whose actions, words, thoughts, and emotions that you can control are your own. That's it. You could, you are the only person on the planet whose words, thoughts, actions, and emotions, who you have any control over those things are your own. So if you want to change your circumstances, you have to change the things you can control. It's impossible to change things you cannot control. Without control, you can't make a change. Does that make sense to you guys? So you have to take action. You have to change the things you can control. And the only words, thoughts, actions, and emotions you can control are your own. So that means the biggest change has to come from within you. I want to get your brains thinking. I want to get those wheels turning. Because if the wheels aren't turning, if we aren't starting to think, more strategically then we aren't then it's going to limit whether we can implement strategies doesn't we got to be able to think strategically in order to do that we got to warm up that muscle get those wheels turning and start to really evaluate us now here's the thing i laid it on kind of heavy there at the end that you control it it's up to you we could self sabotage but the beautiful the most beautiful thing in the world about that is that you can change you are completely in control. You have the power. You have the power. Each one of you has the intelligence. Each one of you has the integrity. Each one of you has a potential. Each one of you has the heart to take yourself exactly where you want to be. All you have to do is commit to going there and then apply all of those different aspects of how amazing and wonderful you are to the journey. And it's inevitable absolutely inevitable that you reach your swag okay so i hope that today was helpful as far as these scaling secrets thank you for setting aside time to grow your business and mindset with me today every franchisee has a dream to achieve sanity wealth and gratitude and i created this podcast to help you do just that so if you loved what we covered and you know someone who could benefit from it, I would be honored if you would share it with them. Between now and next time, don't you dare settle for anything less than infinite success.